You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the very first ever Rabid Sponge podcast. Um, i trying to think of a cooler name than that in the future. Um, unfortunately, due to recent events, Mr. Max Crazy um, is kind of doing his own thing here for a bit, but I still wanted to continue on the podcast train and kind of get used to doing this on my own because um, generally he would record and post it all on Anchor. So hopefully this first round goes pretty smoothly for me doing it myself. Um, I am your host, Rabbit Sponge. Um, my player is Abongo Lulongo on the San Bernardino 66ers playing first base. And I was drafted by the Nashville Stars here recently. Um, fingers crossed there is a thunderstorm outside currently, um, but I really wanted to get this done today. So... Hopefully we have no power outages in between this, um, but without that, uh, we will kind of head straight into it um, with the whole whack of questions that we had. Uh, I'll just use it for the ones that were posted for Minor um, Max's podcast idea, um, but we'll start off with Mr. Landex questions. Um, I'll be answering most of the ones posted, but not all of them, because some of them are kind of for... for Max specifically, right? So we're going to kind of omit those. So he asks, what are your thoughts on expansion? Well, as far as expansion goes, I believe that um, it it is kind of, I guess, maybe the right call in a way. But I feel like it might have been a bit too soon um, with kind of how the way things were panning out. Um, yes, miners, I think, feel a little bit crowded at times. But with the salary cap reduction, um, the majors expansion and the re- the reduced salary, I think, is going to hurt the miners heavily. Um, because even as a base for San Bernardino, we've been trying to run through of who's getting called up um, for next season. And I swear we're going to lose more than half the team. Um, because for my team, an example, Nashville looking at them, um, just the way the budget is panned out with losing all that money and trying to keep a full roster, I think you're going to see a whole bunch of teams literally scrambling for bargain bullpen arms, especially have uh, decent starting pitching and batting uh, just because so much money's tied up there. Um, and contract structuring in the league is going to take a heavy kind of like um, rework with teams trying to get as best value as they can. So with that said, as I was looking at Nashville, um, I mean, I'm guesstimating what the protection slots are going to be and what the scenarios and all that stuff. Um, So they may not be entirely accurate um, until we see some official news. But I have a feeling that they're going to have to call up probably all three of their main prospects, which is uh, Janiko, Krunk, and myself, just to fill the roster. Um, I could see them only doing two. which is fine. It's just that uh, that one 
prospect gets called up is going to probably have to build more balanced with their batting build rather than skew to one side. I think the best scenario would be call up three and then just have two platoon DH. So one can bat really good against lefties, the other righties. So it offsets the lower TVE levels. But I mean, I for one wanted to kind of stay down and the minors if I could um, sort of crunk as well, but I don't think that's going to be able to happen with the uh, salary restructuring. Aria has come up to say hi during this. Hello, Aria. Um, so I think for the majors, it's kind of like needed per se, but I think it's going to absolutely kill the minors as far as the amount of actives that are down there. And at least this current draft class doesn't look like it's exceptionally large. So I think we're going to see a lot of the inactive bullpen arms and uh, GM creates kind of crawl back into the league here um, as they try and fill out those rosters because there's just not going to be enough players with the amount of call-ups that I believe is going to happen. Um, we'll expand on this more. There's some more expansion questions, uh, uh, but we'll kind of answer them as quick as we can. Are you a fan of The Office? The show itself? Um, I wouldn't say a fan. Um, I've never like sat down and been like, hey, let's watch you know, four episodes of The Office and go through the seasons here. No, I've seen the odd episode here and there. Um, I don't know, just on browsing TV generally. I haven't had cable in 10 plus years, so um, that doesn't really happen much anymore. Um, so like maybe at someone's house when we're watching TV or um, my work sometimes used to have TV when they used to pay for cable for us, which they don't anymore. Um, that an episode beyond we watch it something like that but no i wouldn't say i'm a i wouldn't say i'm a fan like if you mean like am i a fan of though i think there's funny stuff to it for sure I, I definitely think that there's some enjoyable things about the office but um i've seen enough chunks of it that like i i don't know i just feel like i don't need to sit down and watch every episode i don't know it's just never sparked my interest that much uh thoughts on wendell meredith uh Let's have a look. I think the main thing with Meredith has been um, he's had a bit of a rough go for it. Like his batting stats, at least for investment versus return. Yeah, he's a contact heavy batter. And you would think like last year he wasn't terrible either as far as, you know, the amount of stats put in. But he's just he's had a rough go of it. Like this is the first year that his OPS plus uh, WRC plus and war really have been more leaning towards the positive. Um, I mean, outfielding, he's been doing a pretty good job uh, playing left field there for Nashville. So that's that's good, right? At least he's got the defensive side to his game. Um, but offensively, he's been well, kind of really lacking. So I feel bad for the guy because he's been putting in work like that. And obviously, these questions are asked before, but now he's been awarded an expansion team. So hopefully... Um, maybe get a fresh restart and kind of figure out a way to turn uh, Meredith's career around here a bit. What's the most outrageous place you can think of an expansion team? Um, so this is coming from Skoldpador. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, his player is Parker Boochamp. Um, so what's the most outrageous place you can think of an expansion team? Probably... Um, I would think somewhere that's – because we already have a place that's sweltering hot in Death Valley. I think 
try and pick a place that's like just the coldest possible, like the Sahi- Siberian Huskies or something. So in the you know deep north of Russia, um, because you wouldn't have any fans there to begin with. Like realistically, there would be none. And just trying to picture having a baseball team like up there, you would literally have to have a fully sealed dome that was like obviously kept at the perfect temperature probably have a bunch of fans up to simulate like some real wind <laughs> like it would be it'd be insane to try and have a baseball team in you know the literal russian arctic um how many times in your life have you eaten a grilled cheese sandwich oh geez um honestly i would say over 100 times easily uh, when i was a kid i absolutely loved grilled cheese sandwiches have them the odd time when i'm an adult um but not like what I used to when I was a kid. Kid, it was just straight up simple bread, craft cheese singles, away you go. But nowadays it's like I need to have like some nice rye bread with, um, you know, a good medium cheddar or something like that. So Bobo asks, who do you think you are? Well, uh, my persona at least. On PBE is a rabbit sponge, and like I said, a bongo lulongo. Um, who I am as an actual person, I'm not going to get too much into it because uh, I mean you don't want to give too much personal information online. But um, typical Canadian male living in Kingston, Ontario, just like Babs and Shorax. How dare I? Is the next question. Ah, uh, I mean. This could be in relation to a whole bunch of different things, but I mean, sometimes you just got to shoot your shot, bud. Uh, what gives me the right? I mean, nothing gives anyone the right really to do anything um, unless it's like diplomatic immunity. But even that backfired back in uh, Die Hard, right? Where do I get off? Generally Highway 15 um, when I'm, I'm heading down to work, so... C does it ask me how many times has someone got with the logout link meme? Mm, honestly, out of all the time I've been on the league, it's probably been about three times, and I think twice has been from Beaver. Because there is once they posted it, and I didn't read like the actual text on it, and so I just clicked it blindly um, to be like, "Oh, what is this?" Thinking it's media piece, and then another time I could have swore he used the URL equals, put the link in, and then called it, like, click here for something, like something off of media, and then it was obviously uh, the logout link, so. Oops. Sorry about this. So, next one. We had talked before about lowering the strikeout rate modifier. What other league modifiers would you like to experiment with? Uh... I don't know. I'd have to like really look at that and kind of see what I'd want to tweak with. I mean, realistically, I think um, we would have to kind of look at trends for what the league has and what we feel is low. Um, I feel like you, you do your best to try and get close to MLB standards as you can because... Um, yes, the PBE is kind of its own thing, but anyone who's got an interest in this league is going to be like, hey, I think the MLB is awesome, great, and fun, and I would love to 
kind of participate in that and, you know, have my player be the next Bo Bichette or Mike Trout or whoever player they attach to. Um, so I feel like we need to try and lean towards that a little bit, but it's also okay to have our league's own identity um, and have things that are different about it. Um, it's, it's hard. It's kind of a fine line, right? Because for me, when I did pitching, I did it out of necessity because as a GM, uh, realistically, you should be fielding a player which fills a super important position so that you're never kind of in the lurch, right? And that would be uh, probably a starting pitcher if you're short on it. And then your next big four positions would be probably center field, shortstop, second base, catcher. Um, out of all those, uh, I would made a starting pitcher. Uh, for Vancouver at the time. And the thing about pitching is that it's so kind of hit and miss and really kind of like with batters in a way, park factors and your team defense play a big factor in kind of your player's success. So if you don't have those working in your own favor, then um, you're going to kind of suffer a bit. And then the fun factor for you know, what is the game is kind of going to be taken out a bit for it because you don't spend all this time in TPE to create a player to have a mediocre career. I mean, it's going to happen to some people. It's just the reality of it. Like not everyone can be a superstar and great and all that stuff, but um, you don't come in this with the intention to, to be mediocre and pitching has a lot bigger opportunity for that to kind of happen to you because as a batter, you play every game, not every fourth game. And, um, you know, depending what kind of team you're on, like if you're on a, a bad team, right, or a rebuilding team, um, like, you know, Kashima or Cancun this season, um, as a pitcher, you're, you're going to get lit up. You're just not going to have a good season. Whereas if you're a batter, if you're built well enough, you can still do something. Like you're, you may not challenge for MVP and stuff, but you can still have seasons that are um, – manageable right to kind of look at and to digest and that's just for offense like and worst case if your offense you know isn't great most positions you can invest heavily in defense and be like you know what i may not be batting well but at least i can at least challenge for a gold glove this season right so yeah it's that kind of stuff um I guess, sorry for the pause here. I, that's too much of a tangent, I guess, to kind of in relation to league modifiers. But you have to look at stuff like that because you don't want to um, move a modifier too high because you're like, hey, batting's too low. Let's give the batter some love. But if you do that, that's obviously going to negatively affect the pitchers who then, you know, does that make that less enjoyable for them? And the one trend I've seen, especially with recreates, is I swear, I mean, I don't have the statistics for that, but out of like the last 30 recreates, I want to say like at least 25 or more of them have probably been people recreating as batters. And that's if they were a batter before or if they were a pitcher before. It just seems like there's a lot of people making batters. Um, so it's – if I were going to – if I was going to do anything with league modifiers, I would try to keep batting as, as even as I could. But like if there was a way just to lower – league era by like a little bit or something like that um but bring in strikeouts like we said a little more in, in touch i think that would be kind of cool if we could but it's kind of hard right because 
you know, how do you lower ERA but not lower batting average and kind of batting stats, right? So it's it's a it's a slippery slope to kind of go down. Um, so I can't think of any modifiers that could really change or affect much because most of the stuff I I wish could change I think are deeper seated issues with the sim in that uh, like third base defense is kind of just flip a coin sometimes like it, it feels like if you invest enough you know you'll make enough of a difference and stand out but the the invest versus return for third base defense is kind of eh like um like i feel if you stuck like a jaeger philly fan there at third you know he probably outperformed the other third baseman on on most occasions but i don't feel like all that investment would be enough to like cement him as being the leading defensive third baseman and the same thing goes with first base is that um i don't want to give away too much because obviously i'm a first baseman and i want to keep a little bit of secrets to myself but i did some testing and there's some break points for it which um if you had a you know a first baseman who was 90 range 70 air and 70 arm 70 double play versus one that has lower in those stats i mean they don't show enough consistent um, performance to justify spending that much TP at defense there. Um, but there is enough kind of difference there with some things that you can tweak that uh, would make not being big man on campus an option at that position. Because um, a lot of people seem to think that's the only path you can go. So, um, yeah, modifiers, they're, they're tough they're more meant there to kind of police the league and kind of lean it in a way that we want it to, to go and perform. Um, but I, I, I would love to see maybe someone take the average MLB stats from like the last three or four seasons, work out averages for like doubles, triples, and a couple of things like that, kind of come up with an average and see how that we're doing if we prorated it. And then, maybe adjust things a little bit to bring it more into reality. Um, but I think most of the tweaks that we can make for, are going to have to do with the archetypes more than it will have to do with the uh, um, actual modifiers themselves. So next question is, what has been the most important information to get in pre-draft scouting that relates to actual on-field success? Um. Well, I mean, I think when I used to scout for Vancouver, and I think we did exceptionally well for drafting um, when I was there, I, I really you, – you, you have to be as detailed as possible. Um, I'd have a spreadsheet that would simply track and break down the, the simple things, which is um, last time the player logged in, I would track – I'd set a, a start point for posts. So if someone – if I chose, you know, March 26 as the the time I want to start measuring how many posts the player's making and then time it four weeks from now, uh, so like a couple days before the draft, I would see what the difference is in the post count, um, which was part of uh, the whole, like, I know, I think several teams use it now, but essentially those bot scrubbers where we would uh, uh, check the profiles and then see the difference in posts that they would run to help us kind of gauge how active they are, right? So if someone's only increased by five posts over four weeks, 
yeah, they might be active and logging in, but I mean, that's, that's a show of like how, um, inactive they are and unvested in a way. Um, we would always track discord posts as well. Uh, so in the rookie servers or just on general, we would always search the names and be like, okay, so so so-and-so was at 400 posts here, but now they're at 600. This guy only went up by 10 and, um, yeah, you, you would, you would do your best to kind of like gauge through, through those kind of post things. Sorry. I just saw a message up that apparently I only can record 30 minutes on my web browser. So, uh, we might have to do this as a two part series, I guess. Anyways. Um, so the, you would measure by that. It kind of helps measuring activity. Uh, we would track bank. Um, have they done media? Have they done graphics? Have they done podcasts? Obviously, you don't have to do all three. As long as you might be doing one of them, that's that's good enough. Um, I would check and run down their archetypes and generally look at how they were built. So if someone made a flamethrower, but all their pitches were you know, non-velo pitches or say they were a junk baller and, and their number one pitch was fastball with their secondary pitch being a splitter. I mean, I would rank them lower as far as a grade because that's not an optimal build for what that archetype could be. So then it's a matter of, um, I mean, now there's some free changes and stuff, which is nice, but all has to be in that first season. And also I feel kind of bad being that person who's like, hey, by the way, your build sucks. Here's how you have to change it. Do these specific things, which um, never feels great having to tell someone how to build their player and, and, and how to progress. So I really want it to kind of stay away from that. If I could, I'll help them, obviously. But um, people who had better builds and stuff like that would get a bit of a higher ranking. Uh, and then we would do draft interviews. So yes, we would have a general uh questionnaire which the guys would fill out but depending how they filled it out like if someone seemed more enthusiastic than others then we would kind of run a second interview process so like for us uh johnny times two and legally blind both had like pretty enthusiastic um questionnaires so for us we were like oh okay like Let's let's dig into this a little more. Let's let's see what's up with these guys, right? Well, obviously, we were tracking the other ways, and they seem super active. But we wanted to kind of ask some harder questions for them, and um, obviously, we're I'm glad that we did because I believe we were set on legally as being for sure our um, I think it was fifth overall pick, but I like really had to push a wise to trade for that sixth overall. I think it was sixth. <laughs> Um, the sixth overall pick because I really wanted to get Johnny in Vancouver and he was him and her about it. He's like, oh, I'm not sure if it's worth it. I'm sure it's worth it. I'm like, dude, you got to trust me on this. I'm like, this guy's legit. Um, I know first time create, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, but I feel like he's legit. And I mean, I think we all can see how that panned out, um, you know, making that push, but that's, that's the benefit of making that second interview is, um, you know, finding those things out. Like if, if there's any job in GMing that um, is super intensive is scouting, it really should be because that's how you, you plan everything. Unless you feel that you've got one of those teams or an R about you that you know you can draw on free agents without any trouble, 
you know, because a lot of people play cross league and you're like, hey, it's me from this league. You know you want to come here. And people are like, oh, I know that guy. So they'll go to those teams. Um, scouting, you you really need to dial in on uh, and focus because um, that's what makes and breaks a lot of teams. And um, I think our process that we had in Vancouver from like season would have been 11 to 18 when I was like really involved there, it shows um, the difference it makes, um, you know, kind of those, in those situations because uh, some of those drafts ended up being a lot more shallow than what people thought. And we were able to kind of grab some things and players that most people wouldn't have expected regularly, I would have thought. Um, so I, that's kind of the process we run through, but you've got to, like as a player, you have to make the effort. Like if you're if you're really interested, answer those questionnaires. I know they can be copy paste, and if you get twelve of them, I mean you get bored after a while, right? Um, and there's no problem. Like if you write an answer and you see it repeated, just copy paste it on all of them. Um, but it, it's pretty important to answer those as thoroughly as possible because you can um, it can kind of say a lot. And, and if the team's good and they're good at scouting, they should follow up and have a nice conversation with you, which which will get you excited about you know, even the league and the team itself, which is good for everyone. Um, so next one, if you had to re relocate one team in the majors, what team would it be and where would you move them? Um, I think this is kind of relation to like, um, like expansion teams, right? Where, where they're going to expand. Um, as far as locations for teams go, I don't really hate anything. I mean, it's a sim league. They, teams can be wherever they want. And, you know, I don't have any issues or qualms with specific team locations. Um, Death Valley kind of seems silly to me to have a team literally there just because, like, trying to picture a team being there. But, I mean, that comes back to the whole, like I said, Siberia-Russia kind of team would be ridiculous as, like, a counterpoint to them. Um, I think more... I guess for this question, I guess we can more relate it into rebranding. If I could rebrand a team... Um, I think we've talked about this before, but I definitely think the team that is kind of due for the biggest rebrand is the Supernovas. Um, and that's just a personal thing. Like yellow and red, our red can be used in, in some good ways, but I feel like red definitely needs black to really kind of stand out and, and, and be a good color kind of combination. Um, but yellow and red really aren't colors that I, you know, enjoy or, or think are good basis. Um, mostly red, blue, and white, just because those are the three go-to colors for like every sports franchise in ever, like in history, it feels like, especially for hockey. Um, so I try to want to get away from those, but the, the supernovas are just kind of meh and every single aspect of the team. Um, I thought Florida's logo, it was unique, but it was too busy. There's too many lines and stuff in it. And, it was just a busy logo. So kind of cool in thought, poor in execution. Um, but the Supernovas definitely is, uh, colors kind of gross me out and the logo is kind of uh, meh. So I feel like they might be on top of the list. Um, and Sarasota, I mean, I couldn't even tell you where that is. Um, so it's like if you're having to pull out a map and kind of, you know, pinpoint, figure out where a team's located. It's probably not that great for brand recognition. Um, and I just feel like some of these teams that 
because uh, there's this push that everyone keeps talking about a team store, but there's so many logos that are still like partially stolen and pulled from other places. And I feel like those teams really should have reworked um, logos. Like the Rougarou's logo isn't terrible, but I'm pretty sure it's been pulled from something. Um, the Boise Raptors, I think that one's been pulled for something as well. And it's just generally pretty meh. Um, Death Valley's, yes, it's it's classic and whatever, but I feel like it's almost outdated in comparison to a lot of the logos now. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they could use some reworks. Um, I really like what Anchorage has done recently. The the paw with the A is beautiful, like uh, considering what they first started with. Like that's, um, I was not sold in Anchorage's logo when they first had it, but the the nice the reworks they've done, like. If uh, Gurin is listening to this, uh, I don't know if you had a huge part in that or if that was mostly Hydra, but mwah, like perfect, man. That's the thing. It's a beautiful logo. Uh, Bruce CD Bears, um, you know, talking about the new logos. It's a great logo, but the eyes freak me out. Like they've got to like cartoonize those eyes and make them less like creepy, scary human. That's the only qualm I have with it. And the lemurs are great. Um, Again, they're yellow, so I'm like, eh, on it. But, like, the the theme itself is absolutely amazing. Um, just just so good. Such a fan of it. Um, and the new two teams, I we got to wait to see what the Sea Serpents kind of settle on. Um, Buffalo's is good. It's not, it's not unattractive by any means. It's just, I said, like, it's just kind of weird that it's Buffalo and they're animal they have chosen is a panda which is just a bit weird to me so um yeah that's that's a little off so i wonder if that'll be something that'll be on the agenda in the future to maybe look at and kind of tweak and change but we'll have to wait and see um so i guess we'll say this is the end of part one as it's ticking down the last 10 seconds here uh, i'll have to do part two and then unfortunately for anyone uh, sorry about the double listen, but we'll have to figure out how to do this in one shot. All right, we'll start part two of this. Uh, hopefully this meshes together half decently. Uh, again, first time doing the solo, so apologize ahead of times uh, for anything that is off or if there's an abrupt stop and you have to do two separate episodes. Um so let's kind of hit in the rest of these questions here um, as we go. Uh, we were just talked about potential relocations and rebranding. Uh, so moving on to the next set of questions. Um, so next one is, what would it take for me to convince Bongo to move from first base from the majors um, as his primary position? Honestly, it it would take a heavy amount of convincing because I made this player with very specific goals in mind. And um, for a team to beg or force me to potentially change that, um, I believe it's not fair and isn't good. Um, I get teams have needs and they want to have things and holes they want filled as far as the lineup goes. And that's perfectly fine. Like I said from the beginning that I really want to play for one team my entire career this time around. Um, you know, aim for some team records and for some positional uh, records as well. But the uh, 
I don't know. Like, I don't want to be terrible at the end of the day to say like, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. You know, if a team desperately needs me, especially if I like a team, like, you know, I, I do like Nashville. I'm so glad to be back there. Um, and I would hate to sour a relationship to, to do something specific. But I mean, at the end of the day, I invest all my time in my player. And as much as I help teams and do testing and, you know, try to help the league here and there with, with different things, I still kind of have goals. And I mean, my TPE is invested in my player, not the team. So I don't want to close the door and say I would never do anything to, to fill other positions. But I mean, if I ever switched to another position, I'd want to stick to that spot. And I mean, um, like shortstop, I have no interest going near because uh, Julian O'Sullivan's records are probably not going to be touched. And even after that, you've got De Niro and everything because it's such a popular position. Um, that's a list that would be impossible to try to get your name in the conversation for. I'd consider second base because um, that's where I really would have liked to stayed with Connor McDonald um, if I could have for his career. But obviously being a GM, you, you don't have that luxury to kind of just sit in one spot. Because um, we talked about that earlier about the importance of filling important positions. And I'm not going to you know put anyone on blast to call anyone out. But like to have a GM player be like a first base DH like you're literally hurting your own team by just sticking in that spot and filling one of the easiest positions to fill um, as far as team dynamic goes. Um, like as a GM, you need to step away. And I get that, again, you're investing your player, but your focus should – your player is a tool at that point, and the team is kind of what you look at. If you look at it the other way where – your player is the most important part to you rather than kind of the team as a whole, then you're not really GMing right in my opinion and not GMing very well. Um, your player should literally be a tool and be filling a position of heavy need. And realistically, I've said this before, the GM players should be really one of the most active players in the team. Like if you're not breaking 1500 TPE for earning as a GM, um, like I, I feel again, you're you're just hurting your team because you should be the most active person on the team, not like a mid, you know, mid level high ish earner. Um, so you should be filling one of those one of those spots. Like if you don't want to invest an insane amount of TPE and work, um, I mean, don't be shortstop or second base. Then be center field or catcher. But just you can't be first base, third base, or like left field. Those are so easy to fill. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I'd consider second base and stuff like that, but like with second, you, you have to invest in defense. You can't not. And so you have to kind of reserve the fact that you're probably not going to be great at batting for the first half of your career, which I mean, does kind of suck. Um, so I don't want to say I would throw it completely out the window as a possibility, but like, I really want to stay first base. I made this player to be first base and be one of the few players in the history of the league besides like Shooty McLish that literally is going to play every single major league game at a position. Um, like even when I'm old and breaking down, I don't want to switch to DH even. I want to stay at first as long as I physically can and like pile up over 1,200 games at that position because like no one stays at first. Um, and I get that. If you're a high TPE earner, it's like a waste to stay there, but that's fine. That's my choice. I want to do that. And if a team forces me out of that, then I 
probably won't be playing for that team. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can I can do what I want to do. But I would lot. Like I said like I I don't think Nashville would do that. But like I have every intention to stay at first and not move. And if it ever gets to the point that they don't agree with that, then you know I'll, I'm I'm outy because I want to stay at first. That's what I want to do with this player, and that's what I want to stay at. Um, thoughts on expansion? Uh, we did cover that earlier. Um, but I mean, I, I said in a nutshell, I think, I think it'll be good for the league cause it, it'll kind of create some parody, I believe for this season and maybe the next a little bit, but I mean, the parody is not going to be felt by the bottom teams. It's going to be felt by the top teams. Um, so the middle might close into the top a little bit, but I mean, the, the bad teams are still going to be bad. They're not going to be any less bad than what they were. Um, even with a little more league quote unquote parody. Um, the miners are the ones who are going to be set up to be hurt the most. They just expanded because they're like, oh, we're too full. Well, guess what? With a tightened cap and teams needing to fill holes and not wanting to, you know, pay inactives or going to bidding war for inactives, you're you're going to have a whole bunch of call ups, and the miners are going to be, you know, um, having uh, what do you call those things? You always see them in Western movies. I was going to say dust devils, but that's not the name for them. I always forget the name of them. The the bush things that blow in the wind. Anyways, you'll see a bunch of those in the minors next season. I feel like uh, the activity down there is just going to take an absolute tank as teams call up players. Um, what? Someone asked me. Netlandic and Michael Lum asked me. Oh, oh, it's because he copied it. Well, now I feel dumb here, folks. Um, literally copied. Netlandic's questions, so we're going to skip those. All right, so Nameless Nate asks, uh, well, it was directed for me and Max. If we both got our expansion teams, what's the branding? Um, so for me, I really wanted to apply for Majors uh, expansion. I really did. Um, but I just kind of feel and know I'm probably not going to have time to do as good of a job as I want to do um, for that team. So I've kind of pulled out. I think part of it too is I was thinking about this actually the other day that um, the other only league I participate in now, used to be in so many sim leagues, is SHL. Um, but even that, I, I just go up there to update. I kind of browse a little bit, but like I barely touch that website. Like I, I like PB enough that that's most of my time. And I was like, well, you're honored enough. Like why wouldn't you GM? Because if I had to drop the SHL, I probably would because I really don't care that much. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think I'm going to have time for it to do the job that I want to do. Um, because I even said to people that if I did it, whoever was my co-GM would have to deal with probably two of the most time intensive things, which is scouting, uh, which is only one time of the year, but like, you've got to pound away at it for like a week plus, like nonstop to make sure you do a good job of it. Um, and then the other thing I, I titled was ego management, which is just, um, you know, being in the locker room and making sure if I don't update certain things like sim results or standings or Twitter or, you know, media, those kind of things that they would be around to kind of help do that. Um, but also kind of manage ego. So if there's people in the locker room, which you always have on teams, is someone flipping out because their player sucks and I can't believe this or this is stupid or you know, literally going, oh, this team, uh, I hate how they always do this. This is uh, like, you know, 
there's some people you just can't talk down others you have to talk down um some you have to hug others you have to kick like that's just the part of it that i i don't miss and i wouldn't want to deal with because it it's a headache sometimes well a lot of the time so i would need someone to handle those two things on mass um while i kind of deal with the rest of it so um which I feel like is a bit to ask because people who are co-GM, I don't think have the expectation they're going to be doing that. Um, but anyways, if I was going to run a branding, I would go with, uh, it was, I had put an application last time with Soraya and Tyler. Um, but I kind of realized too that um, I'd much rather be the head GM rather than a co-GM if I was going to do it again. Um, so I'd kind of want to have control of the branding and stuff like that. But I looked at it and I really want a second Canadian team. Obviously, I'm Canadian. I helped with the Kingston branding. Uh, it's my home city. And um, I like that it's stuck. Um, the logo rework film is great. Um, but I feel like we need a second Canadian majors team because there's a lot of Canadian people who participate in the league. And uh, um Instead, we got two American teams again, which is fine. I mean, it's a mostly American league, but um, if I did, uh, I'd either go super far west or super far east. But super far west is already taken with Vancouver, which is probably the best location if you're going to make a Canadian baseball team because it has the most temperate weather that would match up. Um, I eye Toronto, but Toronto just seems like such a typical like location. Um, Montreal is something I considered because there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff you could pull from there. Um, history um, is kind of like the main thing I like looking at. Something that's historic and tied to that area. And Montreal has a lot of good stuff you could pull. Um, but I mean, I have no real connections to Quebec personally, so I'm kind of mm, him and ha about that. Um, so I feel like you almost got to go full east, which for me would be like a New Brunswick, a New Brunswick or a Nova Scotia. And I feel like I would lean more for New Brunswick personally now that I'm more I think about it. Um, just because it, it, it's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do there. Um, and the league really needs uh, like a Falcon or a Hawk based kind of image or team. So I would go something with that. Um, and then as far as color scheme goes... Um, I've to toyed around with different ideas. Like I said, I'm not a fan of, um, red, white, and blue, uh, as main kind of color combinations. So that would be right out there. Um, I wouldn't touch anything yellow as a primary. I wouldn't touch anything red as a primary. I'd still might consider a blue, but it would be again, a completely different kind of blue than what you've, we've seen in the league. Like, um, almost like a darker I'm trying to think of what you would refer to it as but like darker than um, Outer Banks almost um, with a bit of green and brown which I know you're kind of like what kind of combo is that um, but if you use a color wheel um, you can get a pretty good combo with those three and it does look you know somewhat appealing um, but I also love green greens a big thing for me is um, I know the vandals are green and that's great, but it's such an underutilized color that if you use it in the right way, um, it could be kind of like striking and make and make you stand out. So I, for that, I feel I, I'd either, again, lean darker green to really kind of center us out or go 
like a more vibrant slash maybe teal kind of green. Something that makes it feel unique. Um, but it would be based around kind of the idea that those ports were generally kind of titled as being Wardens of the North, um, you know, without Game of Thrones references here. Um, and I just, I have a love for uh, Peregrine Falcons. I just think they're they're really cool looking and the whole thing about them is like really cool how they dive at such incredible speeds and they're able to catch their prey and stuff like that. So kind of a combo of those things, you know, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Wardens, and, and like a hawk theme with some kind of more um, unique coloring, not vibrant like Cancun, but unique coloring. Um, I really would have liked to lean something almost kind of like Kashima's coloring. Like that's a really good kind of unique two color combo. Um, but obviously they've, they've kind of taken that already. So that's where I think I'd, I would lean with my expansion team would, would be that kind of feel vibe and, and colorations. Um, who are my dream expansion duos? Like as far as GMs, I guess. Um, I mean, I think I've said, I'm not sure if I said on a podcast before, but I mean, like if I could, if I could pick people like, you know, force them to, to GM with me is honestly, I would steal schoolboy shoe to pro GM with me if he wanted to, um, C does it. I'd probably nab him as well. I mean, he's got his own team now, but I, I would definitely, uh, think about grabbing him. Um, I wish he would come back, but Awise was such a great co-GM. Um, he kind of, you know, he sat back and was lax a bit, but he was actually super engaged and stuff. And if you needed him to step up and do stuff, he totally would. Um, I know it would be impossible to do, but I would definitely steal uh, probably TJ from Nashville. If, like I'm saying, hypothetical, I could steal anyone. I would steal TJ from Nashville. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, come back, Zach, to kind of leave you in the lurch and to steal your brother from you. But, um, you know, we're typing hypotheticals there. I, I would steal him in a heartbeat uh, to come GM with me. So, yeah, that would be that would be kind of dope. Um, as far as, like, I don't know, if I could pick any, like, pair of GMs to play for instead. I mean, I think it, I wasn't, like, making any secrets, pulling punches uh, if I didn't end up in Nashville, I would have loved to go gone to New Orleans. Um, absolutely great pair of guys there. Uh, New York, again, another team. I, I can't say enough good things about uh, those guys. I definitely would have loved going there as well. Um, Vancouver is kind of intriguing to me because um, AJ seems like a really, really nice guy, and, and Sam seems fun. Um, I think that would be kind of a cool situation Uh to also kind of hit up and be part of as well. Uh, next question. After seeing some discussion on league structure and media, how would you like to see it pan out? Um, I kind of had a breakdown of this. I talked about this with some people. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I do on the side that I just don't turn into media, which maybe I should just spam these little quick little media blurbs so that people could see it too. Even if, cause I don't really care about the payout, obviously. Um, have enough money as is. I just like talking about the league. Um, 
so as far as how it would pan out, I kind of set up a tiered system where um, I think you should really look at the last three seasons performance of teams and then obviously look at the seasons, right? The reason why I say that is like, so Cancun, I believe has made the playoffs the last three seasons. I'd have to double check here. Oh, Cancun, where are you? Yeah, so they've made the playoffs the last three seasons in a row. Obviously, they're in a massive rebuild now, so they're not going to get it. So like them, you would have to kind of take with a grain of salt as far as you you rank them, um, as well as Nashville, and that Nashville has only made the playoffs one of the last two seasons, but like they've missed out by like pretty much a game or two the last two seasons. Um, but I, I figured you take teams and you rank them by tiers. So essentially you have... 16 teams total, so you have four tiers. You have the tier ones, which would be obviously Death Valley, uh, San Antonio. I get New Orleans, just made the playoffs, or sorry, it was their second year in the playoffs, and they won. So yes, the last three seasons, they haven't been consistent playoff contenders, but they're a recent champion, right? Uh, So you have to include them in there. So Death Valley, San Antonio, uh, New Orleans, and then the last one is like kind of semi for debate, like who could it be? Um, let's just say, for example, it's, uh, like, I'm just trying to think who's won the East the last couple of years. So, I mean, the Toros have been the top, but we know that we can't really rank them as rank one. So let's say the Voyagers. Okay. So there's your tier one. So you take one of each of those teams, which actually works out nicely because two are from the West, two are from the East. Perfect. So for people that have the... Uh, regional locks and you know get all hot and heavy over that you can still keep that so there's one team for each division right there right you're leading tier one teams then you take your tier two teams so these are teams that might have made the playoffs but we know we're definitely like you know they're competitive and on the up and up so for that let's say we've got uh sorry i'm just looking at the standings here as, as i talk um, so that would be Nashville for sure. Um, I know they're having a bit of a down season, but Boise has been a little bit consistent, but we could, that's like a tier two, tier three, like kind of jumping between them. Um, Detroit is kind of in there. I guess you could say Vancouver's in there. So like teams that are kind of like, I guess you could say on the cusp of, pushing and, and you would think would be in most cases kind of a playoff lock. So you take those teams. The way I worked it out is essentially, even though I, I rank teams by like that and people say West is best, East is least, whatever saying you want to say, it still worked out fairly even as far as East versus West, right? Obviously your tier three, I think it would be a bit easier to define in that you have, um, I would probably put Cancun in there. I know that again, they're rebuilding, but they have had recent success. So you have Cancun, say Sarasota, Indianapolis, and actually Boise. Let's say that's our, our tier three teams. So teams that um, in most cases are generally kind of on the rise, or you feel they're maybe a little bit further along in the rebuild. Like they're not full fire sale, like still kind of bad. But even that, you could flip Cancun and Kashima, right? So actually, let's do that. Kashima's tier three, Cancun, 
is part of the tier four. Tier four, Providence, Cancun, each expansion team. So again, two west, two east. Works out nice. So what you do is you take obviously one tier two, or sorry, one tier one, two, three, four, division. One, two, three, four, division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then just kind of arrange them by, you know, really kind of recent regular season record and kind of success. So um, I'd, I'd have to look at it. I feel like Death Valley has kind of had the best overalls, you know, regular season record. So you rank them as like your number one seed for whatever. So they're in the one division. Um, and then so with them, you'd probably put your next highest tier two team, next highest tier three, and next highest tier four. And then kind of run it like that, right? So obviously the one division is going to have like the bottom tier one, bottom tier two. But but so you're like, okay, well, I mean, that's the easy, easy division. But I mean, we're literally got like the rank four, eight, 12, and 16 team in that division. So it should work itself out. I mean, you can, can adjust them a little bit, but the whole point here is, is you create a balance. So I still believe you could do East, West, four divisions, but you have a nice balance of like a dominant team, challenging team, up and coming, you know, team, and then your rebuilder. So that you don't have any division that's completely skewed by people going, oh, no, no, it has to be completely by region. And then for whatever reason, now all of a sudden you've got Providence Cancun, an expansion team, and like the Voyagers in a division. Like we all know, like, okay, so where's the other division that's going to be crappy, right? Because I feel like we're going to lean too much on schedule, which is going to be, oh, you play your division this amount of times, conference this many times, and then other division this many times. Uh, I've made this argument as well that the sim does not have travel penalties. So realistically, as much as people are purist and they want to keep the season, blah, 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 is literally work on a schedule, which I believe it works out to 120 games. Uh, so 15 times eight. Yeah. So go up to 120 games. Okay. I get it. Panic mode. Oh my God. 120 games. But this way you have everyone play everyone eight times. So four at home, four away. So you can arrange the divisions however you want. Right. And, but it won't matter at the end of the day because you are, everyone's playing everyone equally. You can't say strength of schedule. You can't say anything. Bam, it's done. Everyone plays everyone the equal amount of times and then just go from there. Because for us to even consider expanding 18 teams, I think that's going to be a massive mistake. Because as fast as this league has grown, I think SHL has been around the longest out of all the major ones connected. And they're still at 16 teams. And even that was semi-recent. So I feel like we need to not get too big for our britches right now. Like really solidify the next time that we're going to absolutely absolutely need an expansion um and instead focus on making the cap system more uh i guess I, I can't think of a better word but make it better so that you keep the parity more in check right i feel like leagues try to tout contracts as being a thing that um it's in, like it's oh you know or uh negotiate contracts you know, go get that money, et cetera, et cetera. But like the reality is, is that's the way you keep the league in check and competitive. And I think we just need to make 
contracts a formality rather than something that people need to worry about. Um, which, yeah, kind of sucks. You can't really negotiate much, but you just need to set strict tiers, strict dollar amounts, and it's a formality more than it is something that you rely on income. So that would mean, in my opinion, you might have to reduce equipment costs because then contracts just become a static number rather than a way to earn extra income. But I feel like on a whole for the league, that would work better for trying to create parity through that method um, because then everyone just gets paid a certain amount and it's just really for the books rather than that person to pull home extra income, right? Obviously make it so people who have more TPE can you know earn more like it would be in real life. But I mean, I just think it's not worth the time and effort to have it be something that can be in the player's control because everyone gets begged to take the minimum anyways because the less you take the more competitive team you have right and i just feel like at this point it should just be a formality rather than than a requirement um yeah uh i think divisions should be organized by strength of the last three seasons everyone should play eight teams or eight times each so there's no argument about strength of schedule 120 games and uh, 12 team playoff format. I'm okay with eight, but I think 12 would be better for the league. Uh, Division winners get a bye. Everyone plays each other uh, in the bottom eight. And then away we go. Uh, So I got two questions I got to try to get through here in three minutes. So we'll go, go, go. Uh, I'm the expansion committee. How many protections do you give each team? In the past, we've done 12 or 12 plus recent draft protection or 14 flat. Um, I think we should lessen it a little bit to, again, create that parity. Um, so even if it was like 11 plus some kind of draft and then 13, um, I would have liked the league to, to stick to what they did in the past, which is allow the expansion teams to get in one draft before it was a thing. Because uh, that was nice for them to build up some players and kind of start to get the locker room going. Um, so I think that was a mistake for them to leave it to just pile in all this draft. Uh, but yeah, um, but I also feel, I know people have argued against it. I think if you reduce the protection slots, leave it. If you reduce them by quite a bit, which is like down to 10 and 12 or something like that, then I think they should bring back the idea of maybe potentially trading for protection slots like we had back in the Cancun expansion. Uh, and the last question what is one thing about your player you wish you could change? Your archetype. Um, I mean, I just changed my archetype because the streak is Redonk broke in minors. Um, and we like seeing big numbers. And currently Bongo is leading the minors in war. So obviously I went streak. Um, I'm a bit sad you only get one archetype change per career. I really wish they would give a second one. Um, because if you don't, like if you make a mistake, you're kind of done and stuck into it. Um, I think my player's fine. There's, there's nothing I want to change about him. Um, I might change his handiness depending on what's going on with park factors and the majors because as much as people want to argue park factors are a thing, they are a huge thing. Um, so I'm going to cater my player to meet them as best I can and have the biggest chance for success. Um, I really wanted to make utility work. Um, I kind of like how it was built, but after doing heavy amount of testing it just doesn't seem to quite work the way i thought it would or will at least for first base so i made the change um 
to what I did uh, to be more of a contact hitter. I was really hoping to try and be as balanced of a batter as you know we kind of could to the old balance build, but um, it just kind of didn't pan out that way. So, anyways, uh, we're wrapping up the last couple seconds here of uh, my time limit. Uh, so, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the first Rabbit Cast episode. Hopefully, I will be able to do this in one hour shot next time. And then we'll have a bunch of other questions uh, lined up. So hopefully you enjoyed yourself, and I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.